preached on coon dogs I can't hunt anymore. <laughs> so we need to get him back. It'd be something about a hunting dog. I don't know, but I'm glad he's here. He's the first preacher, and I want him to have liberty, but thank you for being here, brother. God bless you. you. Amen. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll get turned on here. Oh, yeah, no. Technical problems, okay? All right, good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We hit a little turbulence coming today. I told somebody, I said, I feel like I'm at Dollywood. Amen. <laughs> Woo! That bottom dropped out of that thing. And, uh, but I'm glad we're here. Always good to be here enjoy coming up here and preaching and uh, being with you folks wonderful people and uh, great preacher brother brown uh, appreciate him and brother jason all you preachers i appreciate and that singing was good wasn't it amen and where is that sister tonight yeah where are you from here i thought amen i said that's an appalachian american right there if i ever heard one amen Praise God. Amen. And uh, that's, uh, that's what we're called now as Appalachian Americans uh, and not hillbillies or rednecks. Amen. Appalachian Americans. And uh, you know how you can know if you're an Appalachian American? If your house is on wheels and your car is on blocks, you may be an Appalachian American. Amen. <laughs> if, if you. If you've got a son named Dale Jr. and the father's not named Dale, you're probably an Appalachian American. Amen. <laughs> oh, Lord. I have a million of them, but I'll tell you what. I, I, heard about, I heard about this Appalachian American boy, and he, he graduated, uh, went to Appalachian State. You remember that's the school beat Michigan, you know, amen? And everybody in Michigan said, Appalachian, they were on TV. Where is Appalachian State? I'm screaming at the TV. Appalachian, Appalachian, amen. I told y'all how we got that name, didn't I? How many remember that story, huh? Look at the people remember that story. The old Scotch-Irish people came in our country, settled in those mountains, and one of them one time, was an Indian was after him, and he climbed up in an apple tree and pulled an apple off. He said, if you don't get away from me, I'm going to throw an apple at you. And that's how the name came right there, amen. So it's stuck ever since. Now you've got some history you won't get anywhere else tonight, amen. And uh, well, this old Appalachian-American boy, he went, I mean, he was really smart. He learned French and he took engineering. And so he got a job. He got a job with this oil company that had a, uh, oil works in Africa, in this country in Africa that had been a French colony and they still spoke French over there. So he was there with an Englishman and a Frenchman and while they were there they had a coup d'etat and the government got overthrown and they arrested these three oil men and found them guilty of being spies and because it had been a French colony they still used the guillotine. Well, the Frenchman was the first one to go to the guillotine. He was real arrogant. He said, you're not going to put a sack over my face. In fact, I want to lay on my back and I want to look at that blade in defiance as it comes down and chops my head off. Well, they strapped that Frenchman in there and pulled the lever and it didn't fall. It hung up. 
They untied him and they said, all right, our law says since it didn't fall, you're free to go, but don't ever come back. Well, the Englishman said, if a Frenchman can lay on his back and look at the blade, I can. Put me on my back too. And they pulled the lever again and it hung up again. They untied him. They said, all right, get out of here and never come back. Well, the old Appalachian American boy said, I'm laying on my back too. God, if you, oh, he said, he got him in there and he's getting ready to pull that lever. He said, wait a minute, hold up. So I believe I see the problem up there. <laughs> Turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 19. Stand with me tonight and um, try not to take Brother McBride's time and give you something here from the Word of God. I want to preach tonight on the ferry boat of grace. The ferry boat of grace. In 2 Samuel chapter 19 and verse 15. So the king returned and came to Jordan. And Judah came to Gilgal to meet the king. To conduct the king over Jordan. And Shimei the son of Gera the Benjaminite. Which was of Bahram hastened and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons, and his twenty servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king. Look at verse 18. This will be our text. And there went over a ferry boat to meet the king's household, and to do what he thought good. And Shimei, the son of Gerah, fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan. And there went over a ferry boat to carry over the king's household. Father, I pray for your anointing and your power and your deliverance tonight. Help me, dear God. Fill me with your spirit. May we be a help and a blessing and an encouragement. God, I know people are discouraged today. And I pray you might be an encouragement. I pray for that one under this tent that's not saved, that tonight, God, they'd get on board and load up for the trip to heaven. Praise God. Thank you, God, for making a way for poor lost sinners that deserved hell to go to heaven when we die and to live in your blessings and to have all of the good things you load us down with in this life. I pray for your anointing now. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can be seated. Thank you tonight. I appreciate that. I want to preach tonight with the help of God on the ferry boat of grace. David is coming home and he's coming back from the worst time. This is the lowest point in the life of David. Boy, his son Absalom has rebelled against him and staged a rebellion. Absalom was the ultimate politician. Amen. I mean, he'd stand outside the courthouse. And when people would come out, he would find the party that didn't win. And he'd run to them and say, Boy, if I was the king, I would have seen it your way. I would have judged your way. Or if there was just a king in Israel, I'd done the right thing. You've been done wrong. And he stole the hearts of Israel and staged a rebellion. Well, I got a message I preach on how Absalom's a type of the Antichrist. And we have Ahithophel, who's a type of the false prophet. And my friend, I, and there's an abomination of desolation in that story 
when Absalom will go in to defile uh, 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 David's concubines. And, but he, he stages this revolt and Absalom is killed and, and David uh, prevails and God delivers David and now they've come back. Think about this in the way of introduction. Behind him are the burdens, amen. Absalom is dead and the burdens are behind him. The battles are behind him. Oh, all of us are in a battle today trying to serve God. Amen. And I'll tell you, the battle's not going to quit, friend. If you're tired of the battle tonight, you just well go ahead and quit now. Amen. Because it isn't going to get any easier. Amen. The devil isn't going to let up one bit. The world's not going to let up one bit. Amen. Hey, your flesh is not going to let up. Not one minute. Amen. We're in a battle. We'll be in one until we leave here. Praise God. Hey, but one day the battles will be behind us. Amen. Thank God the burdens will be behind us. Amen. Thank God the broken hearts will be behind us. Amen. And we're going to a place where there'll never be anything ever negative. Woo! Now, before him now is a pleasant place. Did you know that when David left Jerusalem, he left the Ark of the Covenant there? He said, if God brings me back to the ark, then I'll come back to it, but I'm not going to carry it with me. Before David now is a pleasant place. Before him is the palace. And before him is a people who love him and who were loyal to him. And now they come to the ferry boat to go across the river. I want to preach on the ferry boat of grace and use it as a picture of salvation by the grace of God. First of all, I'd like you to write down, Brother Mays Jackson used to say, if you have your pencil, you write this down, amen. First of all, let's look at the construction of the ferry boat. This boat was constructed through foresight. Somebody planned, somebody saw in a vision a need for this thing to be there. It didn't happen on its own, amen. This world didn't happen on its own. This thing didn't evolve on its own. Evolution's a lie of the devil, my friend. Old B.R. Lakin one time ran into this big wild hippie fella. I mean, he as wild as he could be. And he came up there to B.R. Lakin and said, You mean tell me you don't believe in evolution? Lakin sat back and said, Well, I didn't until I saw you. Amen. Now I do, he said. Praise God. You know, God planned this thing. Amen. Somebody had to plan it. Praise God. How, how are you going to tell me? As, and we're just learning. We're just beginning to learn about every living thing on earth that's got a DNA. Hey, that just doesn't happen by random chance, dear friend. But the ferry boat, somebody through foresight built this boat. I want you to know that God, in His foreknowledge, saw you and I lost and undone without God, without God and without hope. And aren't you glad He loved us, amen? And that He planned for us that we could be saved. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a Savior we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I think about when I go overseas, go to the Philippines, and I see those people over there, they're so poor. Some of them are so poor. They spell poor with about six O's. Amen. I, I mean, I was thinking about it. Talked to a little man, worked in the cane fields 12 hours a day, made uh, $7 a day is what he made, 12 hours of work in the cane field out there. I thought about my soul. It'd be awful for a little man like this to have such a hard life here and then go to a worse place. Uh, 
And boy, aren't you glad God in His mercy and in His kindness, uh, He uh, planned for our salvation. Hebrews 12, 2 says Jesus is not only the finisher of our salvation, but He's the author of our salvation. Amen. And I'm glad uh, of that. I'm glad God planned it. I'm glad Jesus paid for it. I'm glad the Holy Spirit performs it. Amen. Aren't you glad we have a complete salvation? Hallelujah. Number two. I want you to think about the cost of this ferry boat. Somebody had to pay for it. Somebody had to invest. There was a price that had to be paid. Amen. And we think about that. Oh, and the extreme price that was paid for our salvation. Amen. Jesus paid with His own precious blood. And He paid not for His sins, but for mine and for yours. Our sins were paid for on the cross of Calvary with His precious blood. Amen. Praise God. I love the story Brother Mays used to tell about the little mother that, had a, uh, that wore gloves all the time. And she never took them off. And she had a beautiful little blonde-haired girl that she loved dearly. And one day, she was in her room. She had to take her gloves off to do something. And that little girl came popping in the room. Before she knew it, she saw the hands of her mother. They were horribly scarred and marred. And, and uh, she screamed and cried and took off and ran to her room in horror and fell on her bed. And that little mother took her gloves and put her gloves back on. And she gently walked into the bedroom and sat down by her little girl. And she said, Honey, Mama didn't ever want you to ever see my hands. I, that's how I've tried and planned that you would never see my hands. But you've seen them now. And now I've got to tell you how my hands got like this. Because see, when you were a wee baby in the baby crib, our house caught on fire. And I got, I've worked my way into the nursery where you were. I had to move burnt pieces of board to get in there. And I took these hands and I beat the fire out while it was burning around the crib. And I knocked the window out with my hands and held you out to the fireman and got you out. But my hands will never be any better. They were scarred and marred and burned and deformed in saving you. And that little girl sat up and said, Mommy, Take those gloves off. I want to look at the hands that were scarred for me and marred for me. Oh, what a price was paid tonight for our salvation. Amen. And listen, we're debtors tonight. We owe a debt. A debt tonight we owe. Jesus paid a debt I couldn't pay. And I've got a debt I can pay tonight. Amen. Thank God the cost of it. Amen. And then thirdly, I want us to think about the capacity of the ferry boat of grace. The Bible tells us in our text that it carried over the king's household. Amen. There was room for everyone. Nobody was left out. Amen. You said, preacher, what do you think about Calvinism? I think it's of the devil. Amen. I want you to know I'm against it. I don't like John Calvin. The more I learn about him, the more I don't like him. As an evil man, friend. Say amen. I don't know why any Baptist in the world would want to identify with a Protestant reformer as sorry as John Calvin. Say amen right there. I had a leading Southern Baptist preacher in our town wanted to meet me for lunch. He's a good man. 
I like him. We're friends. I don't think he hunts exactly the kind of breed of dog I hunt, but he's close. Amen. He told me this. He said, Brother Dewey, the Calvinists have completely taken over the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, this man's a strong, very connected, top to bottom in the SBC. He said the Calvinists have taken over the Southern Baptist Convention. They've taken over our mission board. They've taken over our colleges. They've taken over the main primary churches. And they're more Calvinist than John Calvin was. And he said there's a group of us thinking about coming out of it, leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. I said, God bless you, get out of it. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. That's right. You said, why are you preaching that way? I won't tell you, friend, I'm not hooking up with a bunch. Listen, Calvinist, call my Savior a liar. Because my Savior said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have taken you and gathered you under my wings as a hen does her chicks. And you weren't elected, and I'm glad you're going to hell. Is that what he said? What did Jesus say? And ye what? Would not. They weren't predestined for that. It wasn't predestination that kept those folks coming to Jesus. It was their sin that kept them from Jesus. Amen. But if Jesus said, I would have taken you, you going to tell me he lied? Thank God for the capacity. Amen. I'm glad that we can preach a gospel tonight of whosoever will may come. Amen. I'm glad of that. Amen. Hey, by the way, uh, uh, it's not my job to worry about how many is on the boat. It's just my job to get everybody on the boat I can. Amen. It's our job to load up everybody we can. Preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. Hey, you know, I wondered sometime why the Bible said in Mark 16, preach the gospel to every creature. The more I study history, I found out in the 1800s, the Aryan movement was so strong in the world, especially in America, and that we had a very strong element People like Teddy Roosevelt were Aryans and they actually believed that dark-skinned people were not human, they were animals. The British annihilated and wiped out every aboriginist in Tasmania under the teaching of evolution. Did you know that when Darwin wrote his book on evolution, he wrote that book on evolution to justify slavery and to teach that some people were not truly human, and so it was all right to enslave them. I wish the public schools would teach that today. I tell you, I wonder what, I wonder what a lot of people think about evolution if they knew why it was taught. Huh? It's liberal crap. And you know what? God, so careful, He loves sinners so much. I believe God had them translate that every creature. So that even if somebody thought they weren't human, we could still preach to them. Amen. <laughs> what about that? I mean, God loves you tonight, friend. I heard about a boy over home. He got in this Calvinism, and he made this statement. Now he ought to have his jaws boxed. He ought to be beat. 
He said, I will not teach my little girl. Jesus loves me, this I know, because I'm not sure if God does love her, and I'm not sure if she's elected. Ed Blue used to say, that's being crippled too high for crutches. Amen? Well, I'm glad there's room tonight. Amen? Don't you worry about getting on the boat. You just worry about coming to the boat. Amen? There's room tonight for you to come. And then let's look at the connection of this ferry boat. I want you to notice and remember that a ferry boat's an unusual piece of, of equipment. It's a, a boat, it's a barge that uh, is connected to both sides of the shore. You have a connection to both sides. And uh, when that boat is in motion, it's being pulled to the other side. And then it's pulled back. And they'd use horses and mules and different things or, or maybe steam engines they would use to pull those barges in days gone by. But it's a wonderful thought tonight to think about that you and I can be connected to heaven. Amen. Hey, hey friend, not only from this earthly shore, but we can be connected to a heavenly shore. Thank God. The Bible said over in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 2, for our conversation, that word there is citizenship. Our conversation or our citizenship is in heaven from whence we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto His glorious body according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. Listen, friend, it's good to be saved. It's good to be anchored in to the heavenly shore. It's good, praise God, that the rope of grace, God's cords of love, are going to pull us and get us to the other shore. Hallelujah. I tell you, it's good to be connected to heaven tonight. Amen. Praise God. You've heard the old story. It's an old story, but I think it's awful sweet about the little boy. This fellow walked by this little boy one day. And he was standing there, and his string was going up. And the man said, what are you doing, son? He said, I'm flying a kite, big old spool of string. Well, he said, I can't see it. He said, no, it's gone out of sight. Well, he said, how do you know it's up there? He said, because I feel a tug on the line. Amen. <laughs> hey, I want to tell you something, friend. You ought to thank God for meetings like this uh, that, that this brother would bring and put this wonderful tent up and, and uh, set it up, Brother Brown, and you preachers that cooperate and help in this. Uh, and you ought to pray. You ought to really pray. Oh, God, uh, we need to feel that tug. Uh, we need to feel that tug from heaven. Uh, we need to feel that pull from another land. We're to set our affection on things above and not things beneath. Amen. And friend, it's wonderful when the Spirit of God tugs at our hearts uh, and we know uh, we've got a heavenly home, amen, a place uh, uh, not built with hands, uh, made by God, amen. Are you headed there tonight, amen? Praise God. Oh, I appreciate that. Then I want us to remember number five, not only the construction of this boat and number two, the cost, and number three, the capacity, and number four, the connection I want you to notice number five, the call. Now the ferry boat may have had a powerful team of mules that pulled it across and a signal had to be given. A call had to be made. The trip wouldn't start. It wouldn't take place until a call was made. Listen to me, friend. You're not just going to go to heaven because God loves you. 
You said Jesus died for me. Yes, He did. But if that blood is not applied, it will not help you. I remember Dr. Harold Wilmington saying one time in a lecture, it shocked me when he first said it, Brother McBride, he said, we're not saved by the blood of Jesus. Wow. Man, I'm stopping this. This is a modernist. We're saved by the blood of Jesus when it's applied. Amen. God told him down in Egypt, the great, great picture of salvation is the Passover. Get a male lamb, one year old, a lamb for a family. Take that lamb, kill that lamb, male lamb, catch its blood in a basin. Take hyssop, which is like a little sage grass type thing. Dip it in that blood and put the blood on the sides and on the top of the blood. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over. Do you realize that the lamb could have died for that family? The blood could have been shed for that family. And that family perished and died because if they had not applied the blood, then that blood that was shed would not have delivered them. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. How is it applied? You've got to call on the Lord. Amen. Amen. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Aren't you glad of that? I'm glad God's got a simple salvation. Amen. I mean, I'm glad about that tonight. I'm glad. In fact, listen to me. The Calvinists say you've got to uh, know like an adult to be saved. But God says, no, you've got to become a child to be saved. Unless you humble yourself as a little child, you can't be converted. I remember the first church I pastored. It was in a rough community. When I was in the denomination I came out of. Knocked on the door one day and a woman come. Hey, that's the first time I ever saw a tattoo on a woman was that woman there. Now this was a big old rough, mean looking woman. She scared me. I don't believe I could have whooped her. Amen. She come out and I said, I'm pastoring this church down here. We're inviting you to church. Well, I want to ask you a question. I said, okay. Where'd Cain get his wife? Huh? You ever had that one asked? I said he got his wife from his mother-in-law. Where'd you get yours, amen? Uh, where'd Cain get his wife? How do people ask questions like that? Because they think they put God in a, in a corner and they're asking something that can't be answered and so they just throw the Bible. See, that's a, that's a question that's asked to try to, to, try to re- reduce their responsibility that when God, listen, you know, I've never had I've never had an 8, 9, 10, 11 year old child under conviction ever in my life say, Pastor, I need to be saved. But first of all, before I get saved, I want to know where Cain got his wife. Huh? Hey, you know what, dear friend? Aren't you glad that it's simple, amen? That God has given us a simple salvation that's not complicated. Praise God. That really ties a lot of people up, doesn't it? But there's a call of the ferry boat. And then number six, and I'm hurrying, there's the cargo of the ferry boat. The cargo. You know, the Bible tells us, go to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9. The Bible says here in this verse, But beloved, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 9, 
But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things that what? And things what, church? You can say that loud. It's all right. Hey, I'm not a charismatic. I'm not telling you to turn to your neighbor and say it. I'm just saying, say it. Amen. Huh? And things that what? Why do you like people to do that? I know you found the text, for one thing. I have had the wrong text before. And that helped me. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you and things what? Say it. Say it so I can hear it. What? That accompany salvation. Aren't you glad? I mean, salvation, friend, is wonderful. But the package that comes with it. I tell you what, praise God, what a deal, amen. I mean, there's a load of peace, amen. <laughs> Woo! Boy, this world's on dope trying to find peace. My, the drug problem in Appalachia and ever all over America, a drug problem's unreal, amen. I had a man over in East Kentucky tell me, he said, I'll tell you how it works over here in Pike County. He said that they go to these foreign doctors and they put them on uh, Oxycontin and then they get hooked on that and they go to the lawyer and get classified a disability and they go on disability and they don't ever work after that and their home breaks up after that and they're drug addicts uh, and yet the doctor and the lawyer did that. God help us! <clears throat> well, I'll tell you tonight, friend, God can deliver you from that dope and give you real peace. Amen? I give you, hey, there's a load full of purpose in this thing. Praise God. There's a load of power tonight. I'm glad for God's power. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. Aren't you glad about that tonight? There's a load of provisions. Boy, God's been good to me. About everybody I know is on a diet. Amen. Praise God. I've always been fat. Now I'm old too, amen, that's a bad combination. Especially when you're a coon hunter in the mountains, buddy. You know what, I told somebody today, I, I said uh, I'm a recovering anorexic, amen. <laughs> God's helped me, I've recovered real well. And I think I've really got the victory over that, amen. A few times I've had to take baby steps, but I'm recovered, Amen. But it's a food allergy I've got that gives me a problem. Everything I eat breaks out into fat. Pray for me, amen. It's bad food. Mind good God good to us. I mean, we live in a country, and most of us, we just we're, biggest problem we have in our life. What am I going to eat today? What am I going? Where am I going to go to eat today? Is it going to be Mexican? Is it going to be Japanese? Is it going to be? Huh? Is it going to be? Hamburger place or steakhouse or come on now, amen. Well, we have it rough in this country, don't we? And God been good to us. I heard about a lady, man, years ago on the mission field in the Pacific Islands, and a little lady had got saved, gloriously saved. She had a little girl, and that little girl got a fever. The fever was so high she was about to die. The missionary was also trained in medicine and he told the mother, he said, your daughter's going to die. He said, that's the only thing that could save her life is if we had ice to pack her body in. And the woman said, what is ice? She said, well, that's water that's frozen. It gets so cold that it freezes. And that little mother went to that missionary and said, 
You've been preaching to us that if we ask God, God can do anything. Do you really believe that? And the missionary said, well, yeah, I, I, I believe. Well, can we ask God for ice? I've never seen it. I don't know what it is. The missionary's really getting scared now. He said, well, sure, we can ask God for it. He said, will you pray with me? He said, yes, ma'am. Fell on his knees, began to pray. God would somehow provide ice. And as they were praying, an unusual black cloud came over that island. And from the heavens, it began to hail in a hailstorm that was about three inches deep, covered the ground, ice. And they ran and took that and packed that little girl in that ice and saved her life. You want to know why? Because we have a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God who's able to do far and exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or that we think. That came along with salvation, friend, amen. That came along. That's one of the benefits. He loads us daily with benefits. Praise God. Then, let me close. I want you to notice the condition of this ferry boat. There's a condition to it. You know what it is? You've got to get on board. If you don't get on board, you can't make the trip. You can't make it to heaven walking or swimming or climbing. No suffering. You've got to ride, amen. I mean, all through the Bible, salvation is pictured as a ride. We see it there with Rebecca coming on the camels. We see it with Joseph sending the wagons down there to get the family. We see it with David sending the chariot from Mephibosheth. We see it, praise God, that we ride to heaven. Thank God there's a ferry boat for you today, but you got to get on. Now what does it take to get on the ferry boat? It's real simple. It takes a step. Right? You've got to leave the shore and step over on the ferry boat. You put all of your weight on it, all of your hope, all of your confidence. If it goes down, you're going down with it. Amen? I mean, this is saving faith, my friend. Uh, it is, a, hey, I, I mean, listen, thank God there's a step tonight. Now listen, when the invitation is given tonight, and the invitation is given. I, I want you to know something. If you take that first step, God will help you make the rest. And you don't have to wait for the invitation. You can come on right now. Somebody will pray with you and help you. But I'm telling you, you're a step away. A step away from salvation tonight. Praise God. When I was an old boy, high school back 40 some years ago, we, I played football and we'd sometime hitchhike. Home. Put that thumb out there. You know how that worked? It always worked this way. Somebody would stop and say, you need a ride? Well, not really. I was just doing thumb calisthenics. <laughs> yeah, I think if I'm thumbing. But you didn't say that because you wouldn't have got the ride. You need a ride? Sure do. You know what they'd say? Huh? Now, I'm not advising you do that today. That's a different day and age. It was even scary then. I can tell you some stories then. And then they would say this, get in. 
Pretty simple transaction, isn't it? What about God tonight saying, you want to go to heaven? You got to go on the ferry boat. Somebody said, I sure do. God says, get in. Get on. Load up. If you don't, you're not going. The boat will take off and leave you. And you don't have any guarantee it's going to come back for a second chance. That's why God said, when you hear my voice, harden not your heart. And then there's the conclusion of the ferry boat. And that's when it lands on the other side. Oh, my. I'll tell you tonight, friend, I got a little preacher daddy in heaven. Oh, he's so precious. My daddy was in the nursing home. He got cancer. He had some different things going on, and he's close to death. The girl came in and said, Brother Williams, I've got your pain medicine. My little daddy said, No, I don't want to be a drug addict. <laughs> he was just ours from death. I'll never forget that, Brother McBride. That little nurse started laughing. She said, Brother Williams, that's the last thing in the world you've got to worry about. If you're hurting, you take, one of the, you take this medicine. You don't have to hurt. Oh, what a precious heritage we have. And you know what? As we go through this life, the thing I find out is we get more over there than we have here. There's more over there. We ought to be laying up more treasure over there than we have here. Amen. We ought to be watching more people go over there than we have here until we look forward to reaching the other shore. That old ferry boat is going to land a safe home. Praise God. And I'll tell you, friend, it's going to be amazing when we get there. Amen. What a blessing it is to be a child of God. Let's bow our heads tonight. Thank you for your attention. Listen to me tonight. I just want to ask one question. Is there anybody tonight, God is speaking to your heart, and you said, Brother Dewey, I need to be saved. I don't care if you're a church member or not a church member, religious, not religious. I don't care about that. You said, listen, I've never got on the ferry boat. I realized tonight I've missed getting on the boat, the ferry boat of grace, and I want to get on tonight. I need to be saved. Anybody here, raise your hand up high. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. God bless you. Anyone else, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. Listen, if you'd like to come tonight and let someone deal with you about salvation, this is not the main invitation. I just felt like if somebody needed to be saved, we better not put it off. I want you to come while I pray. Now turn it over to the pastor. Father, thank you, Lord, for your marvelous, matchless grace providing such a great salvation for us. I pray you'll bless the remainder of this service. Use the man of God as he comes. Anoint him with the Holy Ghost of God. We'll praise you and thank you for what you do. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.